This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. first episode of our three-part Year in Review series. I'm Siobhan Moran-McFarlane. And I'm Alice Dempster. If you come at the news as fast as we do each and every day, the years really start to blend into one. And not only that, but if you're like us, you can just outright forget what's happened sometimes. So in this podcast series, we're going to stop for just a moment and reflect on the year that was, because after all, the big news moments are often worth a second thought. Especially when you're talking about a year that saw things like war, several significant leadership changes and the death of our head of state. Yeah, that's some of the heavy stuff, but there's also been a lot to celebrate as well. In this series, we'll make sure we give you a good balance of both. But today we're going big, Alice, really big world news. Many listening, they won't ever have known a time like what we've seen happen in Ukraine this year, so it'll be hard to forget this one. It all started back on the 24th of February when Russia launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Of course, so much has happened since then. Russia's since moved to take over four Ukrainian territories. So much of the news has been dominated by this conflict, with particular focus on the strength of Ukrainians. And Siobhan, President Volodymyr Zelensky has also become a household name and someone many have come to admire. Here's a snippet of an address that Zelensky gave to the Grammy Awards this year. It breaks my heart, hearts of all Ukrainians and every free person on the planet. He's certainly become an international icon, along with his three-day growth and hoodies. On what he's done this year, he refused an offer from the US to be evacuated to a safer location in the early days of the war. Instead, he opted to remain in the capital, Kiev, to defend Ukraine with his people. And he's told the world, saying, I need ammunition, not a ride. Speaking of what happened there this year, to recap, and now keep in mind these are contested figures, it's estimated that 100,000 Russian and 100,000 Ukrainian soldiers have been killed or injured, and about 40,000 civilians have died after being caught up in the conflict. The war has also caused Europe's largest refugee crisis since World War II, and that's seen Ukrainians flee right across Europe. And both Russia and Ukraine have been accused of war crimes. And the conflicts also led to a global energy crisis, which for those filling up at the petrol station as we speak, is part of the reason we're now paying big bucks to fill up our cars here in Australia. So no doubt energy prices will be something we talk about a lot more in 2023. But for now, let's move on to the UK, where Downing Street had the removalists on speed dial, with no fewer than three Prime Ministers calling Number 10 home this year. Oh, Alice, the British chaos. (laughs) 
The topic I chose for the great big squiz quiz for anyone who tuned in, it's given us plenty to talk about this year and it was actually right back at the start of the year when there were first calls for UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson to step down and that was over the so-called Partygate scandal when it was revealed that he'd attended a drinks party with 30 of his staff during the 2020 lockdowns. There was a police investigation, an independent investigation, it was a whole thing. And you can understand why. People were furious after two years of really harsh lockdowns in the UK. You know, people missed funerals and all sorts. And then here was their PM caught living it up. Yeah, but true to form, Johnson wasn't going down without a fight, Siobhan. He called the BYO booze bash a work event. However, by July, even his longtime allies had deserted him and Johnson finally announced he would resign. Here's what he said at the time. And I want you to know how sad I am to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. The way the British system works for choosing a new PM, Alice, means that he was able to hang around until September while the Conservative Party got its ducks in a row. But eventually Liz Truss was appointed Prime Minister, but only for the shortest time ever, just 45 days. Yeah, she was dumped after delivering a very unpopular budget. And now Rishi Sunak is in the top job. What a ride the UK has been through. (laughs) Yeah, it sure was. But let's leave the UK and very quickly mention that in France, French President Emmanuel Macron was returned for a second five-year term. But as always, in a new sense, it was US politics that really delivered the headlines. Yeah, especially in the run-up to and during the midterm elections. That was more recent than the other stuff we talked about. It was in November that those were held, so it might be fresher in people's memories. You might recall, Siobhan, it was, to use an overused phrase, an unprecedented result for President Joe Biden and his Democratic Party. And that's because usually the party in power and with a president who's supposedly as unpopular as Biden is, gets whacked in the midterms. Yeah, but that didn't happen this year in the way it was predicted to, at least. The Democrats did lose control of the House of Representatives, but they held on to the Senate. Also of note is that candidates endorsed by former President Donald Trump didn't perform as well as expected. But that didn't stop him from making this announcement, though. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. We'll see what 2023 brings on that front. Yeah, we certainly will. And for Joe Biden's part, he turned 80 in November and has made a number of gaffes this year, like this one. Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. That was at a White House conference this year. Jackie Walorski was the Indiana representative, but eight weeks earlier, she'd actually died. So that was pretty awkward. Yes, it was, Siobhan. And that naturally got a lot of coverage. And for Biden's part, he says it's still his intention to run again. Last one from the US, though, and it's a big one. This year, the US Supreme Court overturned American women's constitutional right to abortion. That was in late June, and the flow-on effect from it has been monumental. Now, that's because what's known as trigger laws immediately kicked in in a number of states, meaning that abortion is restricted or banned straight away. And we saw protests on that issue in the US and around the world with some big-name politicians 
politicians voicing their frustration. Look, I am spitting mad over this. We have six extremist justices on the United States Supreme Court who have decided that their moral and religious views should be imposed on the rest of America. This is not what America wants. That was Democratic Senator Elizabeth Warren speaking after the decision. Long story short, when it comes to global politics, there's been a lot to grapple with. Let's look now at some of the big issues. Climate change and the planet is an ongoing issue and something that will always be making news. This year in October, the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change gave us this warning. And their current policies, the world is headed for 2.8 degrees of global heating by the end of the century. In other words, we are headed for a global catastrophe. That was UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. He also named Australia as a holdout amongst developed nations, Siobhan, because we haven't committed to more ambitious emissions reductions targets. And that's despite the Albanese government's increase to our targets this year. Yes, plenty to unpack locally on that, but that's tomorrow's Year in Review episode. Let's talk business now, and that starts and ends with the now second richest guy in the world, (laughs) Elon Musk. Now, Alice, I've lost count of how many times we've (laughs) spoken about him this year. Yeah, (laughs) it's been quite a few. And when it comes to news, it started off as his year. He took over Twitter paying 44 billion US dollars for the platform. And he's made more than a few changes since then, like laying off thousands of staff, installing himself as CEO and changing his profile to read Chief Twit. Let's hear now from the man himself. Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, So... Uh, it, it, it's just really important that people have the, both the, uh, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Um, How Musk is going about making it a place for free speech while moderating out the nasties is still being debated. And still on personalities, one of the memorable court cases of the year was in June. It featured actor Johnny Depp, his ex-wife Amber Heard, and a missing digit. Here's Depp. I told him that she had uh, thrown a bottle of vodka and smashed my hair, smashed and cut my finger uh, off, the tip of my finger, just uh, but a good chunk. I miss it. So let me explain the backstory on that. The accusation was that his ex-wife, Amber Heard, severed the top of his finger. Depp sued Heard for 50 million US dollars after she implied that she'd suffered domestic abuse during their marriage. And Heard countersued Depp for 100 million US dollars after his lawyer told the media that her allegations were false. Yeah, it was an extraordinary six weeks of public mudslinging. Mm. In the end, Depp was awarded $15 million in damages, but the jury also found Depp's lawyer had defamed Heard, and she was awarded $2 million in compensatory damages. And around this story, there was lots said about how women who say they've been abused by their partners are treated by the legal system. And Siobhan, there's no comparison in these stories except the discussion about women's rights. I'm talking about the protests in Iran. 
Yes, yeah, so that all started with the death of Marsa Amini in September. She was a 22-year-old woman who was arrested by morality police in Tehran for allegedly violating Iran's strict rules that require women to cover their hair with a headscarf. Now, she subsequently died in custody, the cause of which is widely disputed. And the first protests took place after her funeral. And since then, some notable people have been detained. Oh, free people, be with us and support us so that your government stops supporting this murderous and child-killing regime. That was Farida Khani talking, a niece of Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei. The thing about these demonstrations is that they've been talked about as the most serious challenge to the Iranian authorities in decades, Siobhan, and they are ongoing. We're getting close to the end now, Siobhan, but we can't finish without talking about the death of Queen Elizabeth. Yes, so we bid farewell to the longest reigning British monarch in history, 70 years on the throne. She died on the 8th of September at Balmoral Castle in Scotland at the age of 96. And really, no matter how you feel about the British royals, it was the end of an historical era, especially in Britain. I speak to you today with feelings of profound sorrow. Throughout her life, Her Majesty the Queen, my beloved mother, was an inspiration, an example to me and to all my family. And we owe her the most heartfelt debt any family could owe to their mother for her love, affection, guidance, understanding and example. That was our new king, King Charles, speaking. He's had a bit to tackle since taking the throne. Meghan and Harry continue to talk about their departure from the royal family, for one. Yes, and those hoping the funeral would heal a rift between Princes William and Harry were left disappointed because the whole world watched on as they awkwardly navigated public events with their wives. Meanwhile, Meghan's Archetypes podcast was released, their Netflix series Telling Their Story is Out, and Prince Harry's tell-all autobiography is due out in January. So there'll be no shortage of news on that in the new year by the sounds of it, Siobhan. That's our quick look at the year that was in 2022 in world news. Of course, there's more to come this week. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow's episode will be all about Australian news. And then on Friday, we'll take you through all the lighter, fun stuff. So catch you then. Mm-hmm.